Uh, I'm really glad you're here today, though, as we kick off a new series, as we enter into a new year. Um, we're calling this series Cadence, and uh, the idea behind this series is simply this, that we would be in step with God, that, that life is about rhythm, and that God has established a rhythm, a cadence to our lives, and so we want to just be in step with that. Out, just out of curiosity, how many of you this week, you're just, your whole routine, everything this week has just been off, like everything seems different, um, yeah, mine has, with, with Christmas being on Monday, and so, you know, Monday and Tuesday are kind of holidays, and, and so then your week kind of starts on Wednesday, right, and so it's like, well, I'm two days behind, and so it's always just like this rush to catch up, and then you get to the weekend, and everybody's kind of wanting, it's, it's Friday, New Year's Eve is coming, so you're kind of wanting to to head out early and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, where did this week go? And all week I have not known what day it was. I've, I've looked at my phone a thousand different times to see, okay, is today the 27th? Is today the 28th? Is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? It's all just kind of one big glob. And, and I feel like that's the case for a lot of people this week. And so I thought this would be a really good idea for us, time for us to kind of refocus on the rhythm that God has established in life. I'm sure many of you have already heard these verses or maybe even memorized them in a Bible study or Sunday school or something like that before. But in case you've never heard this, the Bible begins simply this way. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And as God proceeded to create, he enters into this beautiful cadence of creation and rest. It, it continues, verse 3 says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, <coughs> excuse me, there was morning the first day. It's interesting that at the very beginning of creation, the very beginning, I mean we're talking the very first moments of the universe, God created a day by taking the light and separating it from the darkness. By creating the light and constructing a day, God was able to, to enter into his groove or his rhythm of creation. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. God gave us the sunrise and the sunset, two of the most beautiful events in all of creation. And it's right where God starts. I don't know how many of you see sunrises. I'm, I'll tell you, I'm not a person that sees a lot of sunrises. Um, it's just... They come early. I see a few more now because the sun comes up a little later. We're, we're a little closer to the same schedule. But, but uh, one of mine and Christy's favorite spots to go is to Jamaica. And I'm telling you, the sunrises and the sunsets are absolutely incredible. I'm sure like, I, you would think, okay, it's the sunrise and the sunset. It's the same sun setting all over the world, same sunrise. You would think that they look the same all over the world, right? They don't. Especially on the west side of the island, the sunsets there are absolutely magnificent. As, as the sun just starts to creep down below the horizon, I always say my favorite spot is where the water and the sky seem to meet. That's my favorite view. And when the sun just starts to drop down be behind that, wall of water it's it's incredible it's it's fantastic it's amazing and God gave us the sunrise and the sunset at the very beginning of creation it's right where God starts it's the rhythm and the cadence of a day now admittedly there's a whole lot of stuff that can happen in a single 24-hour period in fact if you ever watched the show uh, 24 uh, with Kiefer Sutherland you know just how much can be crammed into a single day some days seem to zoom past us, don't they? And other days seem just to drag on and take forever. But every one of them are different. 
And, and, and even every one of our different, even if we work diligently to have the same routine, there's always going to be events that remain outside of our control that upset our routine. When I was a freshman in high school, I was playing basketball, and Artie Braden was our coach. And, and as we, the first day of practice, Artie was big on routine. You had to have the same routine every day. And so he, he went through great pains and great lengths to establish what our routine to start practice was going to be. We, we were going to do X, 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 and X at, at the beginning of every practice. And to kind of pound that home force, he, he just started asking us, okay, what's the very first thing you do when you get up in the morning? And he'd ask one of, the, one of the seniors, and they'd say, well, I get up and brush my teeth. He's like, no, you don't. That's not what you do. And then you go to the next one. What's the very first thing that you do when you get up in the morning? So well, I brush my teeth. No, you don't. That's not what you do. And finally, they were like, well, we don't know what the answer is, right? And he said, the very first thing you do when you get up in the morning, I don't mean this to be crass, but the very first thing you do when you get up in the morning is you go to the bathroom. That's the first thing that everybody does, seemingly. And, and he was just establishing that there's a routine built into your day and that we were going to have a routine be, built into our practices. But I think there are a few of us probably in the room that think too much about the cadence of a day, the, the rhythms, the grooves, and the habits that we so easily step into and out of throughout the course of a day. And to be fair, it's often difficult when you're in the middle of something to step back and, and see the bigger picture. It, it is. For many of us, it takes some sort of interruption or, or disturbance to get us to, to stop and reconsider the cadence of our lives. So what if we could step back for a moment and just see things from a different perspective? What if instead of being so laser-focused on, on what's right in front of us, we were able to kind of get the 30,000-foot view, to get a God's-eye view? What can we learn from the creation account in Genesis about how God stays in rhythm? Well, there's a couple of things that I, th I think we can learn. First, we've already identified that God broke up his creative processes into separate days of creation. Using this process, he created the, the skies, the oceans, the land, and all of those kind of things. And in Genesis 1.14, it says God created the sun, the moon, the stars as signs to help us mark the seasons, days, and years. Think about that for just a minute. God created the sun, the moon, and the stars to serve as signs which mark out for us the different seasons, days, and years. What's, what's that telling us? is that God built rhythm into creation. The sunrise and sunset are not only beautiful and majestic and inspiring and all those sorts of things, but they're, they're also signal flares for us that help us stay in the groove that God gifted to us. To, to further emphasize this, it was only after that, after God built this kind of cadence, this rhythm into creation, that he began to create living creatures. He, you know, it wasn't until after he created the, the moon and the stars and the sky, all these signal flares, that he created all the, the animals of the land and the sea and the air and the water and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, in verse 26 and 27, God created humans as well. Listen to what it says. It says, God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Whose image? Who's he talking to here? Because it's just God, right? No, he's talking to Jesus. Jesus, in case you didn't know this, Jesus has been around since the beginning of, of time. He and God are one, and here he, God, God is talking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. But humans, we were created after the cadence 
of creation had been established. After the signal flares that, that were made to light up the morning and, and the evening and the skies, these and, and these things weren't afterthoughts. This was very intentional on God's part. The, these were, were a process by which we would hope to live by, that God hoped that we would live through. The seasons, the days, the years, they're all integral parts of human life and, in, and, and human flourishing. In short, if you're seeing things from God's perspective, then you'll understand the beauty in, the, in these boundaries, in light and dark, in morning and evening, in sunrise and sunset. The, the, the daily cadence that God created dates back to the literal beginning of time. You could make the argument that this is literally the, the earliest, the first gift that God gave us. That, that our Heavenly Father, He's a good Father that gives good gifts, right? And this is the very first gift that He gives us, this gift of cadence. So what happens when you try to bend the boundary or ignore the signal flares that God has established, that God has given to us? Well, I think we can all agree that life is an absolute chaotic mess sometimes. Anybody ever feel like life is just absolute chaos all the time, or, or there's seasons of life where you feel like that, right? It, it, not only can it be out of rhythm, but it just some, some days you're not even on the same sheet of music, are you? There, there are things that happen that are so outside and beyond our control that, that it just makes it impossible to plan ahead. Um, I mean, there, there are, for young parents especially, that I think this is where life seems the most chaotic is when you've you got small kids and they they need your attention 24-7, right? Like you, you never get just a moment to yourself and that's really all you want is just to be able to go to the bathroom in peace, right? Like you, that's really all you want, but, but you can't. And then you think, okay, well, as they get older, it gets a little better. Well, you hit those early adolescent teen years and then you just become the chauffeur that drives them from one place to, to the next. And it seems like your life is just a never-ending series of I got to get this person to this place and this person to this place and, and that's how you live life. I can tell you, though, parents, if you're in that stage of life, it does get a little bit better when they get their own driver's license. It does get a, they can finally start driving themselves to those places. I will tell you, your anxiety and worry and panic, they all go up a little bit, but, but there's this sense of relief that you don't have to be the one to get them to everywhere. They're not as dependent upon you. But because of that feeling, that, that sense of just... Life is in chaos. Life is absolutely uh, chaotic. There's so many things going on and I don't have any time and, and all of that kind of stuff. I would argue that that's precisely the reason that we should submit ourselves to the cadence that God has created. When, when you try night after night to stretch the hours and week after week to finish the project or to meet the goal, what happens? You burn yourself out, right? When, when you constantly burn the candles at both ends, what happens? You run out of candles somewhere in the middle, don't you? You, you just you burn out. And we're going to talk a little bit about that more next week. But, but your body itself is biologically tuned to rhythm. And when you push that boundary or move past that natural barrier, bad things eventually happen. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, Tuesday night when I got that, that call and text that I was telling you about, it was at a time where I would normally be getting ready to go to bed. And so then I made a two-hour drive and spent several hours at the hospital. And by the time I got home and got ready to go to bed, it was like 7 in the morning. And I can tell you that my entire Wednesday was just shot. Like, I slept for a good portion of the day, and then I had some things I had to do the rest of the day. And when I got ready for bed Wednesday night, my, my kind of normal routine is turn the TV on, set the sleep timer for about an hour, and somewhere later in the night I'll wake up and realize the TV's off. 
didn't need that Wednesday night. It's like before my head hit the pillow, I was out. Just because my whole rhythm, my, my whole biological rhythm was off that day. And look, people, people will try to push through some of that stuff for a little while. And, and listen, you can for a little while. Uh, to those of you that can sustain that superhuman pace, good for you. But listen to me on this. Sooner or later, you're going to find that you simply cannot kick that can any further down the road. Eventually, excuse me, eventually God's limit and God's designs for creation will catch up to you. And when it does, you've got a dilemma. I think the definition of the word cadence might be helpful here. I've been using that word a lot, and, and maybe it'd be helpful for us just to make sure we're all on the same page. Uh, the, cadence is defined just as this. It's a modulation and reading aloud as implied by the structure and ordering of words and phrases in a written text. It's talking about the written word, but, but notice what cadence is. It's a rhythm that, that rises and falls. Even as I say that, there's a cadence in my voice, right? There's a cadence in the way that I'm saying. Cadence is a rhythm that rises and falls. There are peaks and valleys. There are highs and lows. And life is best lived in similar fashion. And sometimes you've gotta, you have to push and move faster, right? There are some times where you, just, you have to keep going and you have to push through. But then there are other times where you just have to slow down and rest and recharge. And guess what? That's the way God designed it. And that's the way that we flourish. That's the way that we live best as, as His created beings. Listen to me on this. You cannot live at 100 miles an hour all the time. I know that we think we would be more productive if we could, but you simply can't. And I don't know who needs to hear this. But listen to me on this. Chaos is not God's best for you. Chaos is not God's best for you. God, our God is not a God of chaos. In fact, in that, that creation account, the, the word cosmos there, it literally means to bring order out of chaos. That God looked at the entire universe and he saw all this darkness and really he saw chaos and out of that he brought order. It is, cosmos is the same word that we get the word uh, cosmetics from, which ironically has a similar meaning to bring order out of chaos. And women, I'll let you figure out what that means as far as your makeup routine goes. But, but our God is a God of chaos. Or, excuse me, a God of control, not a God of chaos. See, it's been a long week. Our God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of cadence. And listen, you can apply that to just about every, every area of life, when you see a society and a culture that seems to be in constant disarray, that seems to be in constant chaos, you can guarantee that they have pulled away from God's will. When you see a society that lives in constant confusion, you can guarantee that they are not living in God's best for them. Because chaos is not God's best for you. Confusion is not God's best for you. Cadence is. Healthy. Day in and day out, cadence is God's best for you. And so if cadence is God's best for, for you, then what does it look like, right? How do I stay in the boundaries that God created? How do I live a, a life that's a flourishing life of, uh, of health and cadence? And I think those are great questions that we should ask. And I'll tell you, I think the Bible has great answers to those, but let's just look at a couple of them. If you've got a Bible, flip over to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1 says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in, the, in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take 
or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. In just a few verses, the psalmist gives us, I think, some incredible advice for healthy living. I'm sure you've heard people talk about distancing themselves or cutting themselves off from toxic relationships or, uh, in, in their lives. And, and let's be honest, that's a good thing to do, right? We should, if if we've got toxic relationships, we need to create some boundaries in, in those relationships. Well, the psalmist identifies uh, people that have toxic relationships. He says the wicked, the mocker, the sinner. He identifies those as all people that we should avoid. The, the harsh truth is, is that people who don't love God also won't care uh, one way or the other about boundaries and, and the gifts that God has given them. And they won't care about your boundaries either. And they definitely won't see the value in meditating on the law day and night. But there it is again, isn't it? Day and night. Morning and evening. Daily rhythm. The, the law that the psalmist writes here is, is a reference to Scripture. And so another way of saying this is just simply to say that your daily routine and cadence should include some regular time with God's Word. And listen, we're at New Year's Eve, New, New Year's resolutions, right? So what a great time to start a, a daily Bible reading plan. And if you do what the, the things that Psalm 1 says, uh, it, it says, then you'll be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves don't wither. Whatever they do prospers. You know what that's a picture of? It's a picture of healthy living. It's a picture of thriving, of flourishing. And listen, that's not to say that life will be easy or that you won't have your problems. But it is to say that the path to, to, to health and flourishing, the path to, to living in God's will is to distance ourselves from toxic relationships and to build time in God's Word. Listen, if we don't know what God's Word says, how are we ever going to live by it? Um, it's like the old song, uh, standing on the promises, right? That's one of the old hymns that, that, we, that we've sung in years past, and it's a great hymn. But here's the thing. Is we sing that so many times, but so often we don't know what the promises of God that we're standing on actually are. And you know why? Because we don't get in His Word. Listen, the, the biggest problem facing the church today, I think, is not what our culture is doing, is not all the confusion and the chaos that is in our culture. It's biblical illiteracy. It's that the church, Christians who, who claim to believe in this God, don't actually spend any time with God in His Word. We don't know what He says. And if we don't know what He says, we'll never be able to know how we're supposed to live according to His will. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? Open the book and read it. Simple as that. Biblical illiteracy is, is one of the major issues, maybe the biggest issue, I think maybe the biggest issue facing the church today. And if we don't, as Christians, create time for God's Word in our life every day, then how will we ever be able to move the church forward? How will we look any different from the culture around us that is full of chaos and confusion? How will we be able to distinguish uh, false teachers from good teachers? How, you can't. We have to be in God's Word. Secondly, Jesus reminds us in Matthew chapter 6 to ask God for our daily bread. Jesus' advice here and what he understood too well is that each day has enough 
trouble of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow, right? Because each day has enough trouble of its own. And that we are to go boldly to our Heavenly Father seeking our needs every day. This goes back to being in His Word every day. Spending time with God every day. And obviously you can still pray and ask God for future things, but the point is this, is that both in Psalm 1 and and Jesus via the Lord's Prayer, they reinforce the power of daily living, of being with God daily. And if the creation of the day was God's first act, His first gift to us, then let me just ask you, what are you doing with that gift? How are you staying focused and present within that divine boundary? The, the psalmist says in Psalm 118.24 that today is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Are you finding reasons to rejoice today? And this week when life has been a little more chaotic and things just haven't, you've been off your routine, have you found reasons to rejoice? Are, are you accepting of and, and open to the natural cadence of life? The ebbs and flows, the highs and lows, because these are the days that the Lord has made for us. So will we rejoice in them? Look, every day is truly a gift, and I know it doesn't always feel that way. And sometimes beauty really is in the eye of the beholder of that day, right? But, but a healthy cadence is a way of life. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about uh, some, different, some very specific subjects uh, that they're going to help us explore, you know, we're going to talk about personhood and performance and passion. And each of these specific subjects ha- has a cadence, a rhythm, a groove to it, whatever you want to call it. But each of these topics has a, has a healthy and unhealthy cadence that can lead to or distract us from living a flourishing life. Here's what I want you to do this week. It's New Year's Eve, New Year's Day tomorrow. We're setting resolutions, we're making goals for the, for the new year. Here's what I want you to do. I want to challenge you this week to go back and, and reread Genesis chapter 1. And just as you reread it, read it through this filter of, of rhythm and cadence and, and look for the rhythm and beauty that happens throughout the process of creation. And after you've gone back and, and read Genesis 1, then just take some time to, if you're a morning person, watch the sunrise. If you're an evening person, watch the sunset. If you can if it's not cloudy and you can stand out in the cold for a few minutes, stand out and just look at the stars. And here's my prayer is that after doing those things, you'll be able to say just like the psalmist did in Psalm chapter 8. When he writes this, he says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. That when we look at these things, they would be reminders, they would be signal flares to us that we have a God who loves us. Who has created us in His image. And He set these boundaries for us so that we can live in a healthy lifestyle. I pray that you'll have a deeper understanding and appreciation of God's love and care for you and your life and your health. And as I said before, chaos and confusion, that's not God's best for you. Cadence is. And a healthy cadence and rhythm, groove, again, whatever you want to call it, it leads to a life of flourishing. It leads to thriving life. And that's God's best for you. And it's my prayer for each of us as we head into the new year that we would, that 2024 would be the best year we've ever had because we would be in a year of healthy living and cadence. We would be in step, in rhythm with God, individually and as a church. Over the next couple of weeks, uh, as a staff, we're going to be setting goals. Um, it's something we've been doing the last couple of years. We set goals and, and we've got, and, and, and honestly, they're just benchmarks to see that how we're doing. 
And my goal is, is really, I'll tell you, one of my goals this year was to make a X amount of pastoral visits. Um, and I'll tell you, I didn't meet that goal. I set a lofty goal, but I, I, didn't, I didn't hit the goal. Um, but my goal next year is going to be the same, that I make a certain amount of pastoral contacts, that, that, that we are in step with each other, that our church is in cadence not only with God, but with one another. Because when we are together in step, man, you talk about an indestructible force, the church. The church is, is God's best for the world. And when the church is in step with Him, man, there's nothing that can stop God. And so my prayer is that we would be a part of that moving into 2024, that the changes that come to our community over the next year, that we would be at the forefront of being in step with with those people who come into our community, that we would welcome them and be able to say, here's what God's best is for you. And we know what God's best is for you because we are living God's best. Because we are in step, we are in rhythm, we are in cadence with the Lord. Not chaos, not confusion, but cadence. Let me pray for us.